Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to MBR, or as we like to call it around here, Nothing But Rants, the show where I find topics that I'm oddly passionate about, and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. Shut up and grasp some tape. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into the Film Guy Network on a wonderful Wednesday evening. Okay, we have a tremendous show for you guys planned tonight. It is Wednesday during a college football season, which means we're going to bring you What If Wednesday. We also have postseason awards that are being announced. Okay, postseason awards on the national forefront. Uh, we felt we would bring you those. We would talk about those. But we would also debut our own awards ceremony here tonight. So we'll be bringing you that. But of course, first and foremost, like I said, it is Wednesday. So ladies and gentlemen, let's start with What If Wednesday. But before we do that, I want to ask you, make sure you hit that thumbs up button, like, subscribe, and rate and review it. All that good stuff, okay? Hitting that thumbs up button, firing off in the chat over there in the live stream. If you have not already, make sure you're subscribing. We are on our road to 20,000 subscribers. Boys, how are we doing today? Doing fantastic. Oh, no, it's blue again. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, doing good, though? Yeah. yeah. Feeling, feeling good about the award ceremony today? Oh, I'm so excited for the award ceremony. I, I'm, I, you I know, am excited for the award ceremony. I am, too. This was your idea today, Kirby. And, you know, I think it's fitting that after, you know, a long year of a law, a bunch of takes, a bunch of opinions, our first dip in the toe into the water of the national scene, okay, felt it necessary that we debut our award ceremony and continue to do this annually. Okay, I think this will be good stuff over the years. Maybe next year we actually get trophies. We'll dress up for it. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, I th- and, you know, no need to put a suit on. No, that's a, I like it, though. Maybe next year we do it in front of a live audience. Ooh. We have to wear suits if we do it then. Okay, have to wear tuxes. All right. Suits or t- tuxes? Tuxes for sure. Tuxes. More I mean, if, if you're going to go in, go all in. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but anyways, we will debut our award ceremony. We also have a name for it, and I think you guys will like that one as well. But let's start it off with What If Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. I got one for you. Hey, did you hear what happened today? What happened today? What happened today? The Orange Bowl canceled immediate availability between oh, Mike Norville and Kirby Smart. Yeah, I did see that. And I, I, I immediately was like, is that something we need to talk we, about on the show? This or is look, that- I'm at this point, like especially in the offseason, we need to have an actual tinfoil hat. Oh no, I got one. We need we need to get I one. I got one, baby. <laughs> we need to get one and we need to have it in the what, studio. What if what if this is the start of Florida State trying to make this oogly? Oogly. I think they got intentions, man. I think they got rightful intentions. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could definitely be one of those things where Florida State's like, you know what? We're or not, what if they're just teasing it. everybody? Well, not It could also be like some scheduling conflict. I was about to say, not to ruin my own what if Wednesday, but all the coaches are on the trail right now. So both of them said, Hey, are you down to stick a middle finger to them? Kirby was like, I'm always down, baby. Yeah, I don't know if it happened today. <laughs> I don't know if it happened today, but I saw he was at Nitro Tuckle's house. Yeah, he was. Um yeah. and both of these individuals, two of the more avid recruiters in college football. Um I see Florida State coach now I know him in Georgia. Um and I know, you know, Tallahassee's northern Florida. And I know I go to South Florida South Georgia a lot. But I see Florida State coaches and Georgia coaches more than any other uh, probably recruiting personnel staffing uh, in, in this region of the country. That includes Alabama. Uh, maybe that, that probably includes everybody other than uh, Wake Forest. Wake Forest stays down here. They live down here, uh, as is 
obvious by their signing of Jeremy Hiklinski coming soon. Um, but, yeah, what if Florida State makes this ugly? And just, just like, you know, we're just going to do a bunch of stuff like this. Here's the only thing that makes me kind of reserve ideas that this could really be real, other than the fact that it's tinfoil hat area. Um, the ACC is still in partnership with ESPN. They still are. So I highly doubt they will allow, albeit one of their pissed-off member schools, I will highly doubt they allow one of their member schools to stick a middle finger to their network. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's going to be also very revealing as like what the folks in ESPN think such as that, because you're going to probably see a lot of ESPN commentators and things come out. This is a classless move. This mm. is degrading to the sport. This is blah, 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 blah. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, try to cover their assets. I don't know if the ESPN takes could get any hotter than some of the ones we saw by Florida State. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing a big old 360 or 180, I should say, about the takes of Florida State and then after the final rankings came out. Mm. Big changes in takes. Any what is from you guys? Yeah, I got a couple. You want me to give one? Come on. What if Quinn Ewers stayed at, stayed at Ohio State? Huh. Because here's the thing. Oh. Think about this. Ohio State, one of the reasons why they aren't in the playoff right now, quarterback play, right? Yeah. What happens if Quinn Ewers is never at Texas either? Do they beat Alabama? Or are they in the playoff? Is Sark on the hot seat? I don't think Malik Murphy beats him start two. But here, here's the thing about Quinn. Um, Quinn at Ohio State and Quinn at Texas, two totally different humans, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, second of all, I was under the impression he had to leave Ohio State because he wasn't going to get on the field because C.J. Stroud had another year. Um, and most of his NIO money that he was at Ohio State for to capitalize on – was based off of playing time. Right. So his income structure was directly impacted by the fact that he was not going to be on the field. So I think from my understanding and my sourcing, that was the main reason why he left Ohio State in the first place. Um, And it was the take that I had when he first announced that he was going to reclass. Like, why are you doing this? You're running yourself into a room where you need another year of space gap. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he was running himself into a sophomore season of C.J. Stroud, knowing good and well you're going to have to hang around for the junior season anyways. What are you doing kind of deal? Um, and that's exactly what happened. He had to sit there for six months, and they were like, oh, by the way, you're not going to beat this guy out. He's coming back next year, and he's going to start. And uh, it was like, all right, well, my kombucha money says I need to play. But yeah. what if he did stay? And he was, he was Ohio State's quarterback this year. Love the what if. It's a what if that I don't even think was ever possible. That's what what ifs are for. I guess. Um, Texas does not beat Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State is considerably better. Mm-hmm. Considerably I, better. They think, win that game against Michigan. I think opinion. the security of Sark's job is vastly different. Because, I mean, you don't Ooh. beat Alabama. You might lose three games this year, and then it starts to become – Hey, what are we doing with this guy? We're not getting any Man, results. I really hope my analysis is smarter than that elsewhere. I really do. I hope it's not that results oriented. I, I we need to be weary. Oh of yeah, this. I agree. We need to be really weary of this because if, if you take Quinn Ewers out of the equation, anyways, if they were a nine and three football team, you cannot deny the the turnover that he has made at the line of scrimmage, which For we sure. talk about all the time. How much and how important and how vital that is to succeeding. So I, I get what you're saying. I, I hope that I would be smarter than that. I hope that I would say, oh, they are just a quarterback away. The line of scrimmage has changed, um, that kind of thing. I hope. But then again, I don't know if that's the well, case because we are very results-oriented. Is Ohio State not a quarterback away right now and people are doing the same thing with Ryan Day where it's like, all right, this guy's got to go. He can't beat Michigan anymore. They were this year. Yeah. Okay. They, they're depleted after this on the lines of scrimmage mm-hmm. defensively. Right. Okay. Whereas, I'm telling you, I've seen Sark now three years in a row stack, stack breadwinners 
at those positions. Whereas I can look at the recruiting profiles of Ohio State and tell you that the last three years they've taken a massive hit and deteriorated from a recruiting standpoint at those critical positions, mm. at those interior defense lines. I think Ohio State's going to get dramatically worse on the defensive side of the football in the coming years. Oof. Plus, who knows what Malik Murphy looks like this year after starting all of last year. That might look totally different for them. They could very well be in the same position that they are now. Hey, <laughs> what if Brock Vandegrift is great at Kentucky? Oh, God. Georgia fans might become the most insufferable. Not good, great. Georgia fans might become the most insufferable bunch on Twitter. You're going to be digging out skeletons out of the closet. Here's what I will have learned from it. You can't evaluate running quarterbacks. You can't evaluate football players at that position until you let them play an extended run. Like you, and you got to be willing to say, okay, if you want to win the job, we're hitting you today. We're going to hit you in practice today. But, Coach, I'm a quarter. I don't care. You're a football player. We got to evaluate you playing football. And that's exactly why spring games are so like touch and go with those types of things. Because if a person gets a finger on Brock Vandegrift in the pocket, the play's dead. It's like, well, he could have taken that for 40 yards. We have mm -hmm. no idea what he could have done with his legs on that play. But in the, in that setting, it is ruled dead, and the and the play is blown dead. So it's I mean, hard to rule. My my bad for interrupting. Yeah, you. I think it also you have to look at Kentucky maybe becoming a hub for creating NFL quarterbacks because that would be the, the last two or three quarterbacks becoming a draft. And I know you can roll your eyes at that, but two of the last three quarterbacks have been one and two round picks. Saying if Brock Vandergriff is as great as you're yeah, hypothetically saying, it I, it actually sounds like Will Levis might turn out in the NFL too. He didn't do bad this year. Yeah, no, yeah, he hasn't. He's doing so. good. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Mm. But, I mean, that starts to become a talking point. It's like, hey, Kentucky's all of a sudden putting out these NFL quarterbacks. Like, you can roll your eyes at but it's still statistically like two out of the last three would be. What if Bama wins another title? I mean, I think Nick Saban gets closer and closer to retirement. I think he's done. I think it's Swan someone, Song. Um, someone, I think it's Swan Song. I was, I was talking to someone today, and they pointed this out, and I think it was something that got brought up on Twitter. Of like SEC Network posted this video of Nick Saban and Kirby Smart talking um, during the SEC championship game, and they were saying, like, that that interaction made it oh, seem like yeah. Kirby Smart knew that this might be one of the last times that I get to play against him. Like, they mm. knew that this might be one of the last times we face off against one another. So you let him win. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Whoa. I'm just kidding. That's um, a tinfoil hat. That is tinfoil hat right there. Um, nah, but that would, be, that would be a way to do it. You beat Georgia, who had beaten you for a national title. You go on, you beat Michigan, a national brand, and then you avenge your only loss in the year against Texas. You win a national title. You do so. So you're writing. So you're writing off Washington. I mean, dude, no, but I'm, I'm just in this scenario. Okay. Okay. Um, you do all of those things, uh, and and you, yeah, you get to just call or quits. Yeah. And walk off. I would I would be fully on board with it, but then I also go back to Stetson Bennett winning a national title and everything, being like, oh yeah. Dude, perfect moment for you. Just call it quits. Say no more college football for me. I just had the pinnacle of my career and say, to heck with it, I'll leave. And then he comes back. I do think this is his best coaching job that I've witnessed yeah. and observed. Yeah. yeah. He has worked his ass off to get this football team where they are. And mm -hmm. that that's another reason of why you could believe maybe this is his last year because yeah. Yeah. If, if he feels like – How much like better it, can he coach it? He can't. Than he did this year. No. I mean, and he's not getting any younger either. Well, good fact. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, I mean, that's the, the, the most stone-cold fact we've had in this discussion so far. He is aging. 
That is for sure. <laughs> day yeah. by day. Day by day, hour by hour. I mean, you um, saw him coming in the locker room after that USF, USF game. He had, looked like an old man. He looked geriatric. You, it had you saying he, he can't win a title again. I said I don't think he had it in him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's looking like he might prove me wrong. but I hope he does so he can go and get out. I don't really care. It's not that big of a deal for me, but he definitely cost me a, a, an opportunity to cover another national title. And, uh, you know. Those are fun. Those are fun. Those are real fun to do. Yeah. I don't know if Houston would have been as fun as L.A. this year. Yeah, that's a good point. But, uh, you know, shots out zone six. All right, I got one. Come on. What if instead of Jordan Travis, J.J. McCarthy was the one that got injured? Does Michigan get the same treatment that FSU gets? No. No, the Big Ten carries too much weight. I know this 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 is an easy stance, but, like, I was talking to T.J. Pittenger about this, and he said they finally got what they wanted. Hell, I'm surprised they didn't just give us uh, Michigan 1, Alabama 2, uh, Ohio State 3, and Georgia 4. I'm, I'm honestly shocked they didn't give us that. And I, I told T.J., well, that would just be pissing in the face of three conferences instead of just one like they did this time. But I, I think there is a clear and obvious sign and here how, here's how it is right here. They're the only two conferences ever that have had multiple members in the freaking playoff. And they do it almost every year. So if you don't think that everyone believes what we believe, which is that the Big Ten and the SEC not only are the best conferences, but they get the most resources. Now, every once in a while, the Pac-12 might have a year where they might have two teams that look like they can do it, but they're going to Pac-12 themselves. We've always said it. And what that means is they don't really have two teams. They really only have one that might survive. But the SEC and the Big Ten every year have two teams that are going to compete for a national title because they have the resources. So I don't even know where we got there with that question. but um, It's basically asking if J.J. McCarthy gums out and saying the Big Ten championship, or say they're at halftime of the Ohio State game, yeah. Michigan just looks like a completely different team. Does the committee use that same argument against Michigan? I don't believe so. Because hmm. of what I'm – I mean, that game drew 19 million. So do you, do you agree with that, though? Being... No, I don't. But the, I, wish, I wish I agreed with everything that they did every time. And if I did, we'd have a 16 playoff, and we'd never have to worry about any of this. Yeah. First two top two teams would get a bye. You'd have to argue about who the two best teams are, not the four. Because I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to the theory that just because we go to 12, we're going to have the most perfect champion. I subscribe no. to the theory that when we go to 12, we're going to have the hottest team at the end of the year get crowned a champion. And that's fine. It's the way a lot of these sports do this. Okay, It's why baseball teams, whatever you do for 162 games, doesn't seem to freaking matter. No matter if you break MLB records for games played in games one, a la the Braves this year. Okay, It does not matter. And I don't want that to happen to college football. But I think when we go to 12, it's just going to narrow it down to who's the hottest team. Now we at least get like you have to be perfect. Or, or even when you do get perfect, an injury might keep you from it. But it's never going to be a perfect system. But I don't want it to be 100% perfect. I love that it's a little flawed. I j it just sucks that we got to this point, which it never made sense. And it's the easiest take in the world. There's four teams in a college football playoff, but there's five power five conferences. That off-rip made no sense. Yeah. Off-rip. What made sense was, ooh, there's five Power Five teams that if they win, they all claim it, and there's almost always some Cinderella team that always claims it. You know what? Six. Freaking brilliant. It would have just made so much easy sense from the jump. I yeah. wholeheartedly agree with that, 100%. Yeah, I, 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 I never really want expansion, but I thought that six would be the, the, the perfect number for it because all the reasons you said. Twelve is so inflated, and it, it's too much. I got one. 
Come on. I got two more left, but only one good one. I got one. This left. is my only one because I was spending it doing other things beforehand. But what if we what if we get to a point where the Heisman is no longer the biggest award given every year? Huh? What if we get to that point? What would it be? I don't know. I I, I don't know. That's I, I'm I can't say- tell you when was the last time I watched the Heisman ceremony, and I hate to say that. And I think that really? you know, yeah, it's I, it, it's too long, bro. Too long. And, it's but, too long drains. I don't care to hear about all the. Yeah, I think and I think you can do the whole thing of like in that scenario of like nostalgia type mm-hmm. thing of like, oh, it's not as great now because we have this nostalgia view of like, I think in years past. So you can make the argument of we we had perfect Heisman winners mm-hmm. over the past few years. I don't know if we've had perfect Heisman winners and at least perfect Heisman nominees at the end of the year. Like we had the Marvin Harrison discussion yesterday of like. Why is dude honestly there? Like we, everybody, no one is debating whether or not Marvin Harrison is one of the best college football players. But when we're talking about the Heisman Trophy, I don't know if he should be in that scenario. So I think that there's a lot of people like you, me. I don't know if you watch the Heisman ceremony every year, but yeah, people it. are. I feel like people are starting to care less. It's it's starting to have this. It's not. It doesn't have this much lore anymore. I he's gonna win it, so I don't want to degrade it before it even happens. But like, I think we had this conversation about Jaden. He he put up astronomical stats, but what what play what what group of plays what flash plays did he have this year where it was like, my God, how is that guy doing that? Exactly, like over the think of like that. I don't I don't mean to deteriorate the greatness because it was it was you know nation's leading uh, third down percentage all, all the great stuff that requires to be great quarterback play, video game numbers, but like there's a lot of great decision making, ball placement, and oh he's got great legs too. I mean, think about the Heisman winners from, like, 2010 to 2015. Each one of those players, as soon as you say their name, a play pops into your mind mm. of that season of the Heisman Trophy. Like, Lamar Jackson, you like the play that I think about was against Syracuse where yeah. he ran the ball, hurdled the defender, got into the end zone. Johnny RG3, Man- the one I think about is when he got hit on a touchdown, he's rolling back, and he, and he flips over his head, and he, and he puts the points up. Or exactly. I think of that Washington tip. In the um, whole game. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one, too. Like, Johnny Manziel. We all think of Johnny Manziel yeah. plays that he made, but especially the signature one. Like, we all have signature key moments that we think about with these players. I can't think of a play for any of these finalists where when someone said, oh, do you remember Marvin Harrison Jr. winning the 2023 Heisman Trophy? There's not a single player on my, oh, yeah, that was the year where he did this. Like, I don't think any of those players have it this year. So, your, your rant has got me thinking, and I've come to this conclusion – Joe Burrow was the last great Heisman winner we've seen. That's fair. Like first m- memorable, like yeah, like last memorable. Like the Heisman like the most winner. recent uh, of take all the, like the last five like out of all the Heisman's Ooh. we've had since then, Joe Burrow was the last one you can go. Actually, that was a great Heisman winner. I'd put Devontae Smith in there. Ah, uh, yeah, that the one hand catch Smith, against yeah. LSU. Like the one hand catch against LSU and just the raw stats that he put up were stupid. stupid. Yeah, yeah. That, okay, that so, games where he had like two hundred and seventy yards receiving. Okay, so Devontae Smith was the last Fair great one. Heisman. And guess what? He did something that nobody had ever done, and he earned it. A wide receiver to – they only played 10 games. He had 1,600 yards receiving. So just stupid. <laughs> yeah, Stupid crazy. numbers. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, what if Florida finishes with their sixth-ranked overall recruiting class? For 2024? For right now. This class right now, they're ranked sixth. I think it at least buys Billy Napier until 2025. I mean, even though that schedule is a meat grinder, there's going to be a lot of people saying, oh, my God, we're going to have to go 7-5 and five again. That's but. my thing. I think if he signs this class and, and holds it true or maybe even adds another to it, 
I think I think you give him to see through twenty twenty five through twenty foot twenty five, so not two. If you accept that you're going to eat twenty twenty four, you might as well let him try to see what he's made of in twenty twenty five the whole year. So is six the cutoff, or will we say like if you sign top eight? Oh no, I think he's got to lose L.J. McCray. He's got to lose a, a, a like he's got to lose two or three of the top guys. Drop out of like the top twelve mm-hmm. before we're like whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, for Christ's sakes, he went five and seven, and he's going to sign a top ten class. That's recruiting. That that's doing that's doing your job doing on the, the trail. Thing. You know what I mean? That's hard to do. Yeah, the even only, in Florida. The only thing that might get him in trouble is portal action and people leaving your squad. Like. That would be the only thing that I would say would overtake that. He got his grace year, though. Graham Mertz coming back, going to be able to redshirt DJ Lagway next year or play him in spot time, whatever he wants to do, okay? And then in 2025, first-year starter on a DJ, if he looks even remotely good or better yet, borderline great, you're going to see Billy Napier in 2026. Okay. That's what I think. I agree with that. So, All right, here's my final one. Come on. I had, a, I had a Florida State-centric what-if Wednesday for I me. I like you. So what if Georgia beat Alabama and Oregon beat Washington and then Michigan and Florida State did what they did? Is Florida State in the playoff? Yeah. Hold on. Georgia wins. Oregon beats Washington. No, where's Texas? That's what I'm, that's that's, what I'm asking. That, that was about to No, ask. they would have done the same thing. Because They, they would have put Texas over them. You still think so? Yeah. But here's the thing. Texas's big signature win, Alabama, the team that beat number one, is now a two-loss team. Mm. So they lost. They a get lot blown of, out by Georgia in the SEC championship game. In this hypothetical, that, that's, that's they get beat yeah. by like twenty. Yeah. So, so what if Georgia then, yeah. blew out Alabama? Then, yeah, probably. Your one keynote win, they would have said a uh, ten and two Oklahoma team beat you. Yeah. They would have done the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I, I think Florida State would have got in at that case. I mean, but if it's like what it was now in the inverse. If it's Alabama's a two-loss team, their only two losses are to number four, in this case, Texas, and number one, Georgia, then, yeah, they're, they're going to keep Florida State out, I would imagine, hmm. in that scenario. I agree with that. But I get where you're going. Yeah. Was it just an Alabama thing? I say no, because they put Texas over them anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how – we were sitting here live Sunday. As soon as they put Texas at three, I was like, oh, shit, here we come. Yep. Florida State fans fitting to be hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what we had. Hey, make sure you hit that thumbs up button, like, subscribe, and rate and review. And we still have a loaded show for you guys today. I uh, want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Prize Picks. If you run over to Prize Picks today, use promo code Brooks, you'll get 100% deposit match. What does that mean? You put up to $100, you will get instantly matched $100 over there using promo code Brooks. Um, that was What If It Wednesday. Let's move on to postseason awards. These are the real ones, boys. Okay, we got ours, which we're going to debut the name of here shortly. But these are the real awards here. Uh, where do we want to start? Some weird ones, right? Yeah, I mean, they haven't. There's a lot of awards that still have yet to be mm. given. So there's really only four or five. These are the preliminary that... awards that let Vegas betters know who to put money on for the big awards. Correct? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Because there's like historical alliances here. You win certain award, you're definitely going to win certain award. Yeah, for sure. Like it, it, it's the Maxwell Award, right? Correct. Yeah, those types of things. Maxwell sure. Awards like almost 100% connected to the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first one is the Broyles Award, which goes to the best assistant coach, which is Phil Parker, the D.C. for Iowa. Who are the finalists here? Do we know? I know Bobo was one. I know Bobo was one. Did Faulkner make it as a finalist? No. Um, The other finalist was – I just read it the other day. I have no problems with uh, Phil Parker winning this award, though. I mean, 
you pretty much had to field an Iowa team saying, all right, guys, we've got to keep the other team from scoring, I don't know, 10 points today. And they still went 10-2 and two with that schedule. So. All right, so the finalists were Bobo, Phil Parker, Mike Denbrock, who's the OC at LSU, Sharon Moore, who is the interim head coach at Michigan, and Will Stein, the first-year offensive coordinator at Oregon. So how about that guy? How about you? You want to talk about some some newfound abilities? Dan Lanning out here just bangerang two years in a row. Kenny Dillingham, who's turning out to be a, a dude. Like yeah. we think Kenny Dillingham is going to be a guy at Arizona mm-hmm. State, or maybe not there, but maybe somewhere bigger. All right, and then his next year he hires an OC that finishes in the finalist for the Barroza Award. Uh, Dan Lanning might know some football. Hmm. Dan Dan Lanning might know some hiring practices. There's I think chance. that's what we learned. It's almost huh? as if his predecessor also had elite the, the same ability. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little something like that. Uh, I, I don't have any qualms about the decision because I would imagine Iowa opponents had some pretty favorable starting field position, mm-hmm. you know, with how porous their offense is. Mm-hmm. But, hey, that punter was elite, though. Yeah, he was. Next award is the Campbell Trophy, which is given to the best scholar athlete. Who won it? Bo Nix. Hmm. What a dork. <laughs> what, what a, a nerd. dork. What is Bo Nix majoring in? Let me look this I up. I have no clue, but he's been in college for six years. Got to so. have a major or a master's yeah. degree by now, right? Got to. If you don't, bro, all the summer, I, cla- hey, all hey, the summer classes hey, y'all care, have available. Careful, I don't know, man. Stetson Bennett. I may, dude, I made fun of that, too. I, I got my master's degree in four and a half years. Okay, so if you can't do it. Because here's the deal. You're on campus all the damn time. You get there early, all right, meaning you early enroll. Every single one of you football players listening to this right now, you have no reason to not have your degree in three years, zero. You get there a whole semester early. You spend three semesters there during the summer, okay, so you can take one or two summer classes. You should be taking 15 hours a semester. You should definitely be passing all of those because you got class checkers, and we know what's going on there. There is no reason – upon just basic due diligence that you should not be graduating early, okay, at universities like this that require you to be early enrollees. It's ridiculous, okay? Next, Sorry. Next award, Bronco Nagurski Award is given to the best defensive player, I believe, or is it best defensive back? I think it's best defensive back. Well, that award That's went, the Thorpe Award. Well, either way, it's a defensive award. Okay. Xavier Watts won it, the uh, Notre Dame guy, I believe his mm. name. Mm. Don't necessarily love that, but what would I know? Good for you. And then the Paul Horning Award, which is given to the most versatile player. Take a guess who won that. Most versatile. I have no Travis clue. Hunter. Travis, Travis Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, no, that's I saw the, that on that's Twitter. That's the today. obvious answer. So Travis Hunter's the winner of that. So. He's four-time academic. Uh, Bo Nix, academic weapon. That's what I'm looking up right now. Academic weapon. Four-time SEC academic, uh, all-academic team. Two-time in the uh, – Two time in the pack. So all six years he was in college. He was in the Straight office. nerd. Nerd. What a geek. Straight what a nerd. Go to tech, guy. you nerd. <laughs> what else you got? That's all. That's all the ones we got. I thought there was I, a Burlesworth. Where did the Burlesworth? Yes, the Burlesworth oh. Award given to the best walk on went to Cody Schrader, the running back. Oh, from that Missouri. checks out. Good for him. That checks out. Uh, Paul Horning, relative. No kidding. Yeah, it's like a fourth uncle twice removed. Hmm. Yep. My dad's family still goes on. Uh, my mom. My dad's mom, Hornings. It's actually pronounced Horning, not Hornung. It looks Hornung, but it's Horning. Weird. Uh, Midwest. Hey, do you want to get into our award ceremonies? I'd love to. Okay, so we felt it necessary um, that we should have some type of award ceremony. Uh, you 
promptly named it. I agreed with the name because I'm an Office fan. I love the Dundies. I think the Dundies are hilarious. I think it's some of the funnier episodes that they have. Also, some of the more awkward and cringeworthy oh, yeah. episodes that they have. Um, so we have an award ceremony that you named. Uh, do you want to reveal the name or do you want me to reveal it? I'll reveal it. Okay. It's named the Caffies. The Caffies. Wait. It's not the Cavsies or the Caffies. I like the Cavsies. So... Why, Cavsies why? sounds a little too like playful. Like Caffies is very formal. Like footsies. Like yeah, foots, it's just, Cavsies yeah. is too close to footsies. Caffies okay. is like fair. But Caffies. So why why the Cavsies, Christian? It's not Cavsies. It's Caffies. Caffies. Why the Caffies? Brooks, why don't you show everyone? I have to do this. Yeah, you have to. You have to. This is like I, in the contract. It, I have it, to do this. Yes. All right. Tape marks the spot. Yep. Tape marks. <laughs> Now this is this is not earned. This is from a life of being a fat person. Okay, I just want everybody to know that. That's earned. But I do have notoriously Ooh. large calf muscles. Look at those. So they're named the Caffies, and they're promptly named. And you guys got me to flex on national television. So there you go. Oh. It's the only place on my body that I'm muscular. Yes, That's Chad. C A L F I E S, not Caffy like a woman. Caffies. They'll get it when they see it. Don't yeah. Worry. I'm looking at the replay. Uh, went blue again. I, you know what happens? It's when I'm out of the screen and mm -hmm. it, it, it unfocuses. Mm. So, yeah, we have the Caffies. Um, we have eight awards to give away tonight. We have not give away. We're nominating, I thought. Nominating. And then the chat is going to – the listeners are going to actually select who wins. Mm -hmm. Okay? And eventually we will get, you know, bronzed calves. And we'll be sending out Caffies. I love this. To these coaches all, and it's players like the, all like across the country. Like the Armor All logo, but yeah, with the calf. but with the calf. I like it. So there you go. I like it. What's the, what's the first? All right, uh, do we want to go through? Do we want to tell the audience what eight categories we have? Technically nine? Yes. Yes, all right. let's do that. So we have the best coaching job, the best CJ. That makes sense. It's a nice and easy one. I always got frustrated with the, the most valuable slash best player category. So we're going to select both. The best player in college football and the most valuable player in college football. We're going to evaluate the dart of the year, the best throw of the year, and label it the dart of the year. We also have the play of the year. All right, We have the Jimbo. The Jimbo Award is given to the biggest joker, the biggest clown act, the person who, quote, pisses you off. All right, So we have the Jimbo Award. We have the ball player award. That one speaks for itself. Who's the best ball player in college football? We have the Dead Man Walking Award. This is a college football coach who is obviously Dead Man Walking. All right, he is definitely going to get fired. And Green then we have mile. the antithesis of that. All right, we have the Alex Grinch Award. This is the football coach who rightfully deserves to be fired, but for some reason may never get fired, probably because he's a good hang. So we're going to start with number one, the best coaching job of the year. Who's it go to, gentlemen? Who gets the first caffy here on the film? First nomination. First nomination of the first caffy. Jeff Brom. Ooh, he was honorable mention, Caffey, for me. Interesting. Moment. I put Jeff Brom solely based off of this. You obviously went 10-3. and three. You made your conference championship in your first year at Louisville. You're also a win in the ACC championship game away from being in a New York Six Bowl. Mm. And your first year head coaching at a, at a job like Louisville. With Jack Plummer at quarterback. I mean, that's a tremendous job head coaching up and down all around for him. Cal legend, Jack Plummer. Hmm. I nominate David Braun from Northwestern. Okay. Guy who oh, took a like guy this. who took over a one like eleven program. Coach got fired on the way out in the off season. Had a short off season. Had, for some for some had, weird. Had your team for doing the, the meat car wash. Yeah, man. Very weird <laughs> meat stuff. Car wash. Ended up flipping that team into a seven and five program. They're Damn. bowl eligible. They came in second in the Big Ten West, so they could have made the Big Ten championship this year. 
David Braun, very, very underrated coaching job this I year. I almost put him. That's a good one. Mike Norvell getting some love in the chat. I like that as well. Yep. Um, I'm going to go off the board. Okay, I know this is normally a head coaching position. I'm going to nominate Tommy Reese for mm. head, for coaching job of the year. All right, because he very clearly did everything possible to not have to play Jalen Milrow as a starting quarterback, all the way dating back to bringing Tyler Buckner in this summer. Right, guy from Notre Dame, and then the whole debacle at USF. Apparently, because Jalen Milrow was not being a good leader. All right, was the wording behind that? I don't know if that's necessarily true, but spent all this time very clearly not wanting to play this guy. And then somehow middle season developed an entire offense predicated off of his abilities and not only did that, but managed to beat the number one team in the country doing so. So I got Tommy Reese for coaching job of the year. Those are really good nominations. I like that. All right, number two, best player versus MVP. Okay, best player speaks for itself. Who is the best player in college football? We'll start with you, Jay Will. Nomination? I said Marvin Harrison. Okay. I like it. Why? I think especially considering this year, what Ohio State had to go through offensively, I mean, he was the offense. I mean, knowing what he had at quarterback, he still put up really good numbers. He was still top 15 in the nation for receiving yards, top 10, I believe, still too. Mm. He put up Marvin Harrison numbers in an offense where a lot of people, a lot of good wide receivers probably necessarily would not have put up Marvin Harrison numbers. And I just think he's one of the most talented. I think he is the most talented player in all of college football. I'll go next. We'll leave you for last. Um I got Jaden Daniels as the best mm. player in college football. Um, not most valuable, not uh, most talented. I just think he had the best all-around year, and he was the best, most undefensible player every single Saturday. Best player, Jaden Daniels. I nominate Brock Bowers, a tight okay. end that can cause mismatches like that and have a defense completely rearrange the way they cover a team. You rarely see that in college football. He's arguably the best tight end ever. It's a shame that he didn't have a healthy season. So, Brock Bowers is my nomination for best player. All right, love that. MVP, most valuable player. Um, I think this one is so stone-cold easy. Yeah. I think this is a layup. Let's hear it. One, two, three, Jordan, Jordan Travis. Travis. Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis is the most valuable player this year, and the committee told us. Yep. That's not the route I went. Where'd you go? I put Jaden Daniels okay. in this conversation. That's, because that's a fair nomination. I put him as most valuable, and I think I've made this statement they before had on the show. 60. Yeah, they had to, and if you remove Jaden Daniels from that football team, they are not a 9-3 and three football team. It's probably worse than that. And so I think him having the season that he did, it took Jaden Daniels having a historic season for them to even be 9-3 and three and be in a lot of football games and win a lot of their football games. I guess we'll just put these up on polls on Twitter somehow. Or we could put comments in the YouTube and have them li like for this player like or comment action. That wouldn't work. Polls on YouTube. Probably. Polls on Twitter would probably polls be on the best Twitter way to do be this. Best, yeah. We'll put each individual eight questions up on Twitter. Okay. All right. So MVP, uh, Kirby and I settled with Jordan Travis and you went Jaden Daniels. All right. Dart of the year. Um, this one was an easy selection for me. This is the best thrown football where you're like, damn, that's a dart. Yeah. Who do you got? What do you got? I had trouble picking this one because it's kind of hard to like go back and think of every throw. I got throw. two of them. The one I, I landed on was kind of recent. was J.J. McCarthy's yep. throw in the game where he yep. pretty much threaded it right over the head of a, a linebacker that was dropping, not looking yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, now that probably could have been a fumble, but the throw itself was incredible. Yeah, the hook defender turning around trying to find the deep over, and as soon as he turns his head around – he throws it right over his shoulder. I had that one listed as well. Yeah, the J.J. McCarthy one. I think that's also some recency bias there. That's one of the most 
recent ones to occur this season. Yeah. It's, it's hard to think about all of, like from the very beginning all the way here. I was trying to think of another throw. Come back to me. Carson Beck versus Kentucky. The, okay. the runner, the the runner to think. Marcus or Simi Jack Saint was one of the like the, you're talking about the definition. If if someone pinned me down, an alien said, "Hey, what does a layered football look like?" I'd say, "Hey, alien man." This is it right here. You know what I mean? I, I I would be looking at that and saying that is how we layer footballs. And I got in this conversation with why'd they have to pin you down to get that out of you though? I don't know. White light stare, uh, scenario where you're like, ooh. You I know, think this is a hard category to pick too because I, I mean Christian talked about this before the show of like a lot of great throws require a really good catch. Mm. And so I was like, I don't know if I want to put this in this category because, yeah, that's a perfectly placed ball, but your wide receiver also had to catch it off the defender's back and go to the ground with it. You know, those types of things when I was going back trying to find throws. So I think those are the two best nominees in my opinion. All right, so we will leave those up. That's the J.J. McCarthy throw in the game and Carson Beck's runner uh, to start the football game against Kentucky. Those are Mm -hmm. the two that we're settling with right now. I'm sure we're missing plenty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Bo, Bo Nix had one that everybody claimed that they could this throw. This is one where he's rolling out yep. right, and he throws it across All his body. All the way back left, about 45 yeah. yards. Uh, if you think you can make that throw, I dare you. <laughs> and, again, this is somebody who thinks they can outthrow Aaron Murray. But if you think you can throw that football, go try. All right? It's not as easy as it looks sometimes on Twitter. Play of the year. So, I have two. I cheated on this one. I have two. I have a concept, not a singular play. Mm. I think fourth and 31 has to be put into this conversation Hell because yeah. without yeah. it, you are not in the college football playoff. Oh, you are yeah. not in your current position. It's a good shout. Absolutely. I have an honorable mention, and I dug through the weeds for this one, and I wish I had the video of it to show you guys, but let me just paint a picture for you. Ooh. Week four, Air Force versus San Jose State. It's a run play. The running back. <laughs> it's a run play. It's triple option. The quarterback pitches it to the running back. He's running to the right boundary. I mean, running down the sideline, spins out of a tackle, immediately hurdles a defender, breaks another tackle at the 10-yard line, and then houses it for six. Not bad. Thank it's, you for it's your service. It's pretty insane. Thank you for your service. All right, I went kind of obscure in this one. I thought of, you know, what's the play that I rewatched the most this year? Where I was like, this has been the most entertaining play. It's the Auburn scoop and score against Texas A&M. Oh. Where he's running down the field and he runs and past Jimbo, it. Yeah, and Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher, who's five yards out in the sideline. That's so line. good. That's, a good That's my favorite play of the That's year. That's so good. I got one right here. It's actually a concept of the day. Um, I don't know if we're ready for this. We are. We are. Uh, it's the triple arrow. I thought this was the, the play that kind of not necessarily revolutionized college football this year, but it was the play I saw stolen most. I don't know who he stole it from. I saw Lincoln running it first this year with Caleb Williams, okay? All it is, you get an H-back or a gadget back or whoever to the left of the quarterback. You put the uh, the running back on his right. All right, we're forcing a read action, all right, a, a standard read option with this end first, all right? And while we're doing that, once the running back clears, we're going to arrow the, uh, the H-back, the gadget back, whoever this guy is, into the flat. And then we're going to take the quarterback after the read option, after he processes it out. And we're going to add him as a threat into the alley. So now we're threatening the backside with a run. All right? We're threatening the front side arrow or front side alley with the quarterback's leg. And we're threatening the flat. Did you unmute your mic? Huh? Did you unmute oh, your mic? Good call. All right. So let's start over. The play that has revolutionized college football. All right, it is the triple arrow. All right, the triple arrow has been the quarterback, all right, the running back on the right, and they put an H-back, some type of gadget back right here. They're going to run this dude into the flat. They're going to force the read option look 
to, uh, to manipulate the front side end. All right, so we have the traditional read option here with the quarterback. As the play develops, he's going to add his legs in if he sees fit. He's also going to, uh, you know, be able to throw that guy into the flat. Oh, by the way, we got the X on a goal ball to drag out anybody as well. So we're threatening the run scheme back here. We're threatening the flat on the front side, and we press the alley defender with the quarterback's legs. This triple arrow is what we're calling it. This has been, in my opinion, the biggest new concept in college football. Says it's still off. By everybody. Say what? Says your mic is still off. I don't believe it. No, I was unmuted, and then I remuted. So I don't know why the mic's not getting picked up. Oh, well. Hmm. I unmuted my microphone. I wasn't getting picked up. Though. So that's a triple arrow. Yeah, that's Hope a triple you arrow. It. You got to see it drawn twice. Good job. What in the world? This bothers me when this happens. Um, but anyways, so there you go. The triple arrow. You saw it drawn a bunch. Let me. Huh. That's weird. Anyways, yeah, triple arrow. I thought it was the play of the year. Mm-hmm. I thought most people stole it the most. All right. What's so the next? What's the next category we that's got? That's where I'm going. Um, where are we going? That was play of the year. We're going to the Jimbo. Okay? This is the biggest joker. This is the biggest clown act. This is the guy who pisses you off. All right? So, who wins the Jimbo award? Uh, I picked it from one singular moment. Tough team. Oh, tough team. Got, Where is it, Lou Holtz at right now? You got to be deeper. <laughs> tough team. Tough team. Tough team. I love calling out an 87-year-old man after you win a football game. <laughs> Where the heck He's is definitely Lou in REM 2 sleep by the time you call him out. <laughs> Apparently, he was still on the sideline at that football game. So, so that's, my, that's my clown of the year. You like Ryan? Just that clown of the year. Hypothetically, if, if he was on the sideline, what happens if like, they're like, oh, Lou Holtz is right over there. Goes, <laughs> I guess he goes the steps to him. This is a tough team. <laughs> what you say about this team? This is a tough team. Yeah. What's your nomi- well, who's your nomination? I hate to do it. I really do. But when you out here giving the feet for free, Shane. When you out here when you out here taking interviews and 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 taking four hours out of your day, ten days before playing Drake May in North Carolina as your biggest in state rival, your second, you know, cross state rival, um, then it's gotta be Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer did some joker shit this year. Yeah. Shane Beamer did some clown act stuff this year. He broke his foot kicking something after a loss, uh, after a, a, an 18-point comfort <laughs> behind loss. All right, he, he cried on press conferences. Um, he did all kinds of goofy shit this year. Clown act. Clown, I'm not saying he's a totality clown act, but he did the most clown act stuff this year. He is the Jimbo. Yeah, be, being barefoot as a yard dog in the office, man, <laughs> you, you can't be doing that. that that's, that's top of the list. Hey, your dog's out. Hey, yeah. your dog's out in August, cuz? Can't be That's that. too much. Yeah. I'm surprised this one didn't get nominated. And I feel bad for nominating him specifically because I feel like it was a lot of external factors that were this. But all the hype that Deion Sanders got at the start uh, of this season, yeah. all of the we're putting our, our names on our jerseys. SI Sportsman we're, we're encouraging fights and, and all that. And all that to go four and eight. I mean, people forget that there was a conversation at one time where people were like, is Deion Sanders the best coach in football? Is he the next <laughs> Nick Saban? I mean, that was happening at the start of September, and he went 4-8 and eight this year. So, that to me is a clown. He didn't piss me off, but he was a clown. The, the that, that was a clown today, The quote today me. you sent in the chat was clown yeah. act. He talked about today that he's, he wants a little more privacy for his yeah. football team. Well, you better fire your, your favorite son. Yeah. <laughs> your son walks around the, the building and, and puts out, you know, millions worth of, of views on YouTube every month. And then goes and you. has beef with people on social media about the program. Yeah, it calls people hoes. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, you want more privacy, 
<laughs> start with your own son. Good God. That was that was like me jokingly talking about get over yourself, naming your your stuff the the film guy. Get over yourself, yeah. man. I mean, have a little self-awareness. That was nuts. Um, so yeah, you got Dion for the Jimbo. Who do you got for the Jimbo? Did you already say yours? Yeah, Ryan Day. Oh yeah, my bad. Tough team. Uh, who's the ball player award? I have the pictures so, up of all wh- three. When did you you went ball player like the guy were like, oh that guy's a football player. Yeah, that dude's the, a ball. Do you want to go to the board for and, and the way he plays ball? Y'all are gonna be pissed. Can at I me. can I make sure my mic works what? before we go to the board? <laughs> my so mic's supposed to be unhot right now. Are you getting are you getting lines? My mic should be hot right now. Talk right now. Mic check one two one two. Mic check. I'm seeing bars. How about over here? Mic check one two one two. Mic check. Mic check. Mic check. Mic check. Yeah, mic check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're getting hot bars. All right. So, ball player award. This goes to the football player who is noticeably not only in style but in execution of play, an obvious ball player. And I forgot my notes here, so I forgot my man's name, which is totally disrespectful to a ball playing sob like my man, Dalen Holker. Dalen Holker. The tight end from Colorado State, certified ball player. Look at this daggum elbow brace on this man. It's as big as his leg, all right? He's out here one-hand catching, just running after the catch. He had an 80-yard touchdown against uh, Colorado that made no damn sense, all right? A 4-8 running, ugly bitch football player. This is what it looks like. He's got a transformer on his arm. Hell yeah, and he's, he's got lettuce. Sick. He's got flow coming out the oh, back of yeah. the lid. This is 100% a ball player. Mm-hmm. And if honestly, if he didn't have to, I'm sure the sponsors made him do it. He'd be a no glove wearing son of a bitch. I, I guarantee he a football player. Just like some tape on the fingers. Hell yeah, something. my boy. Is it yours or mine next? My boy you can go next. Actually. All right, so mine I chose because I saw this in the pack. Oh game. my God. No way. Look at that. He's like he's got a hornet's nest. That's on his a hand. John Happel, safety for Oregon. I mean, that is the biggest club I've ever oh seen my in my God. life. They had to multiple times reiterate to him, you cannot use that as a weapon. <laughs> and he's like, watch me, baby. I mean, it looks like he shoved his hand in a pillow. So, again, you guys know I like to do this a lot of uh, me things. My, my brother, like, I, you've seen me long snap. I can, I can still long snap to this day. My brother, far better long snapper than me. His senior year of high school, he had one of these on his left hand. He snapped a sub-seven. A sub point seven, which if you don't know football, this is wow, stupid. That's crazy. Sub point seven with a club on his hand in a long snap. God One dang. of the most impressive things I've ever seen. But this right here, that's a football player. That's right a football there, player. Right there, Had to right. be a linebacker, guaranteed. Who's he's you safety. Got safety? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's crazy. Mine's about to flop so hard. Let's see what you got, Jay Will. <laughs> Who's my football player? <laughs> oh, my God. The 6'9 kicker? Dude, freaking 6'9". <laughs> That's all we had. That's it. He's a six-nine kicker, dude. That's I'm freaking insane. I'm telling you right now, not a football player. And then not a football. The player. other one I threw in there just in case I got yelled at for this one. I put TCU's Brian Ramsey Brooks, the six-five, four hundred and fifty-five pound defensive lineman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He went viral on social media for being just this the big, fridge. heavy. Yeah, the fridge. I like yours. He be man. in the fridge too. I think yours might win. Hey, my yeah, my guy just looks like a football player. Your guy is. The club a is just player. like. I mean, I remember I was watching the Pac-12 championship. Like, it literally looked like a a hornet's nest. Yeah, it looked like he had a hornet's nest on his hand. That was insane. Shouts out to the ball player. Um, I I I, I do like Dalen Holker though, especially if you go watch him play. Yeah. Um, All right, dead man walking. Lunch pail guy, huh? Lunch pail guy. Oh, for sure. Uh, Bring your hat for four quarters, type dude. 
Uh, Dead Man Walking, who is it? Dave Aranda. Yeah, I have Dave Aranda as my vote, too. Just because I, I don't know if there's anyone else that's really like, hey, you know. I got one. Ooh, let's hear it. Let's hear the nomination. And it's not because they're going to fire him for cause or fire him because he's a loser. <gasps> oh, how did I miss this? Colorado's done. Colorado's got 12 months left. Oh. As, as soon as Deion Sanders' kids are out of that school, he's out of that school. I guarantee you. Okay, then you right I'm now, I want to change my nomination. That's mine. I, I, think, wanna... I think the Colorado experience is cooked. That whole entire experience is a dead man walking. I want to change my nomination. All right, what's up? How do we miss this? It's Jim Harbaugh. That's what I thought you were uh, going to go yeah. with. It's Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is my nomination. Well, he's literally walking. Yeah. I he's mean, just he's, walking. He's, he's not a dead man. He's just walking. Yeah. He's just going to say As far as his Michigan career goes, I think he's a dead man walking. You think so? I mean, he's either going to leave for the NFL, the NCAA is going to be like, all right, we're going to sanction the hell out of you to the point where you want to leave. Which I think is the, the actual option. I just think he's walking. So yeah. I think that's a good answer. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that'll be a, a nice little – Side Dave Aranda versus Deion Sanders and the Colorado experience versus uh, old Jimmy, old Jimmy, old Jimmy Harbaugh. All right, so that's a good damn man walking segment, which leads us into the Alex Grinch Award. This is for the guy who everybody knows should be fired or replaced, and for some reason, just won't have it happen. Gene Chizik, get your oh, butt wow. back at SEC Network <laughs> right now. If you are not back, if you are not back at that studio desk this offseason, then my God, I mean, good Lord, son, why, why are you still there, dude? I thought I had the winner here. I thought I had the winner, but Gene Chizik catching the stray is a dub right there, bro. What do you got? I hate to do this, man. I no, really, you don't. I really do, but no, I think, you don't. I think. Uh, Sam Pittman probably could have had a really good chance of getting fired this last year. Mm. And the fact that Arkansas kept him around, I think a lot of people are looking around going like, they're bringing him back? Really? Yeah. After going 4-8 and eight this year? They do have a pretty decent SEC schedule. They don't have to play Bama or Georgia. So, All right, my Caffey, my Caffey goes to Billy Napier, the OC. Mm. And I don't think it's because ah, he's had bad results. That's I, do not, I do not think it's because their offense is porous or bad. I think he needs to give up that title, and he never will, okay, because he's too good at it. But I think he needs to give up that title in order to handle all of the other uh, mishaps around his house, okay? This studio always looks clean in the camera shot. It doesn't look clean everywhere else all the time. You know why? Because I'm around running around doing everything else all the time sometimes. I'm a great content designer, but I am not a great set cleaner. I am not a great set designer. I need to allocate some of that stuff. Billy Napier has great ideas in terms of his offensive coordinating, but he just is missing other things. And I don't think his lack of success on offense will ever uh, uh, present or rear its head. I think he's too good at it. But that being said, he's going to constantly miss everything else. Therefore, not fire himself as an OC. Therefore, Alex Grinch himself if he's not careful. Mm, I like that. Good, good, good way to get to that. All right, last ones on the Caffies. These are best takes. Worst takes. This can be your best take. This can be the best take you saw nationally. This can be the worst take you saw nationally. Do you want me to start? Uh, you, I mean, I have. I have. I think I got a pair of aces. Okay. All right. Here's my pair of aces. You want best take or worst take first? Worst. The worst take I saw all year was the fact that sign stealing didn't matter. The yeah. worst take I saw over and over and over again were people like Joel Clack going on uh, on uh, Colin Cowherd's show and saying, the less you know about ball, the more I connect that you think this means a, ho a whole hill of beans on the, on the football side of things. 
I explained it perfectly. If you don't think sign stealing matters, explain play action to me. Explain the fact that there's an entire portion of offense that exists off the fact that the defense doesn't know whether or not it's run or pass. And then I give you the information that there was a football team out here that was diagnosing exactly what their opponent was doing every single down because they were stealing signs. And they were doing so at the furthest depth and the longest reach we've ever seen a scandal such. Okay, if you don't think it mattered, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you except for it it really ticked me off because football people did this. Football people were making these opinions as if they've never gotten mad that the scout team guy across from them knew the card. And if you play football, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Being a starter and then getting your ass yelled at and your ass chewed out because the guy that is not better than you, that is not good enough to start, that is playing scout team, has just beat you. And you, every single time you want to look at coach, you want to say, coach is bullshit because he knew the play. Every single one of you guys that made this opinion, y'all have had that moment happen to you in your football career. And you stood up here and you did this and you made these opinions as if that experience never happened to you. And I know for a fact it's happened to all of us. It's happened to every single one of us that ever earned a starting position. And if you earned on that end, if you were the scout team guy, I know every single time you looked at the card and knew what the opposition was going to do, you took advantage of it to try to earn a higher spot in the depth chart. The worst take I saw all year was that sign stealing didn't matter, that ugh, you still had to go out and line up and play football. Yeah, I got to line up and play football knowing what the dude in front of me was about to do. It's the whole advantage. Made me so mad. Made me so mad because people I respected a lot of. And I don't know if they were doing it like, I respect Joel Klatt. I don't know if Joel Klatt was doing that just because Michigan's the biggest team in the Big Ten and he works for Fox. I sure hope that was it. I sure hope he wasn't meaning that stuff when he went out there and said it. The best take of the year was me. (laughs) The best take of the year was me saying that Georgia would lead the country in third down completion percentage in August, knowing that they had a brand new OC and a brand new starting quarterback first year starter, and they end up being second in the country in third down percentage, a half a point behind LSU, who had a historic year on offense. So uh, the worst take was way worse than my best take, but the worst take to me really, really bothered me. So clarification, our, the best take is supposed to be our best take. Right? I don't care. I, I think my take would stand up with anybody nationally. So, yeah, if you want to give your best take, then, yeah, pat yourself on the back okay. like I notoriously do on this channel. My best take and the worst take go hand in hand a little bit. And I actually have two best takes I'm going to put up because one of them I just thought of. And I was like, you know what? That actually panned out. The first one was when I told y'all midseason about the Big Ten offenses mm. and the Big Ten defenses. I told you guys to quit believing it because we were all t- we were all trying to – and this goes into my worst take of everybody trying to tell us, college football fans, that Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan all had these elite offenses. But the reason that they were struggling is because, oh, well, look at the defenses in the Big Ten. And it all had everything to do with the fact that there ain't no offense in the Big Ten. <laughs> and that's why there's a bunch of great defenses in the Big Ten. Love the it. other one I wanted to bring up – was when I made the claim and I sat here and I told everybody how Georgia football and the Atlanta Braves are the Spider-Man meme. This year, it really came to oh, fruition man. a little bit because they both had these Lost great years. Team. I mean, put everything together in the regular season and looked like the best team in the entire country in the world in both of their sports, only to have it cut short. Mm. I like that. Do you have a worse take? Yeah, the Big Ten one where everybody tried to tell us that the Big Ten offenses were great. Oh, uh, yeah. No, you were talking about nationally. That's a worse take. Okay, I got what you're saying. Yeah. You got anything, Kirby? Yeah, I was trying to find something on it, but it's it's irrelevant. 
So, best take, my proudest take of the year, and it wasn't made publicly, it was made to you two, was I do not care for Gus Johnson as an announcer. <laughs> and obviously, obviously, the week after was the uh, the Maserati Marv game. Where the Maserati en- Marv! Yeah, where the entire Twitter roll was like, dude, knock it it's off. the first stab at a Gus impression. Wasn't bad. That was actually bad? pretty good. That Let's was see. good. I So, that was my proudest take. The take of the year, though, I mean, I think it's kind of gone on the table that Desmond Howard perfectly oh, predicted... Yeah the playoff bracket he got all four teams correct no he didn't get all four he had florida state in there but he had texas right outside yeah that's right so he got it so i mean not bad he pretty much nailed it on the head so that's to me best take no sorry he had texas in he didn't have washington that's what it was he's right that's what it was it was uh bama texas it doesn't matter but um the worst take i have was i believe it was chad ochocinco who said this said that Deion Sanders was one recruiting class away from turning Colorado into the next Alabama. Who said this? I think it was Chad Ochocinco. Oh, okay. So not not so exactly. a notorious guy who's paid to give opinions who knows nothing about college football. We could also then talk about, um, I don't remember who it was, the Fox sports guy. Emmanuel Acho told the Caleb Williams uh, he should quit. That was a bad one, that but was mine, mine was more along the lines of people are – Conspiracy. There's a conspiracy that other teams are conspiring to take down Colorado and sharing information oh, on what yeah, they're yeah. doing. Oh yeah, yeah, that was Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson, yeah, that's yeah. right. That that was one of the first takes where I was like, what are "You talking?" That, about? that was so funny. Again, watch watch college coaches press conferences. You'll learn a lot of this. As soon as the Keyshawn Johnson thing came out, and after the Oregon week, I wanted to watch Dion's press conferences. And Keyshawn spoke about that as if he got a Colorado coaching source that told him that it was, you know, crazy and these guys are basically cheating against these us. These guys now. are basically doing what Michigan was doing. That's which, what, by the that's way, what he isn't made a big it deal. sound like that Colorado coaches had given him this intel that they were getting advanced scouted harder than anybody else in the sport. And they asked Deion Sanders about it literally like five hours later, and he was like, I mean, everybody does that. I mean, everybody does that. Like everybody, of course, people are gonna tell them what we do. Of course, people we played against are going to help them out. Of course. Like, one thing I'll say about Dion is that though he has some opinions like the one he had today or some thoughts and processes where he's like, I wish we had more privacy. <laughs> you control that, buddy. <laughs> Even though he has all of those, man, I think he's like, I think he's relatively uh, level headed and he knows who he is, mm-hmm. meaning like he knows how people are going to respond to the things that he does. He doesn't play dumb when someone criticizes him or when someone comes after yeah. him or when someone, you know, puts him in the in the crosshairs at and, all. And I think that's where the respect for Deion Sanders comes in because he does tell you like it is most of the time. The thing that people get upset about is the hypocrisy in some instances or the statements where it's like, aren't you the one who's in charge of that? Like yeah. you said. I wish my team had more privacy this year. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you we will get to our favorite bowl games tomorrow. Um, it's been on the show sheet for two days. The The national hour has just been that jam-packed, so how about that? Uh, hey, we are two days into what is kind of a lull, right? I know it's transfer portal season, but it's really a lull right now in terms of college football content. And you guys have not have not given us lull performances, okay, in terms of viewership, in terms of activation in the chat, in terms of in the comments. So, hey, boys, let's give them three. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button on your way out. I love you.